Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Food that's good for the environment, good for the people who eat it, and good for the people who grow it. They pick it so it's beautiful when it comes to market, and you get to enjoy that. Local businesses is the, the first place that we can directly support somebody. You've got to believe in what you do, and if you stick to that, then you're getting there anyway. G'day and welcome to another Quicksand Food Podcast. My name's Steph Postuma, and today I speak with Lance Carr from Mountain Range Farm in Dapto. Mountain Range is a commercial nursery, but it also has a big, big mixed enterprise farm. It encompasses Dapto Community Farm there, as well as a host of different other businesses and individuals who all produce food out of the farm for themselves or to sell out of farmer's markets, to sell through a veggie box system, all different sorts of enterprises. Lance and I get into that in the podcast. We talk a bit about the opportunities that the farm provides to people and a bit about what they do. I really enjoyed talking to Lance and it's a great thing they've got going on down there in Dapto. So I hope that you enjoy this chat with Lance Carr from Mountain Range Farm in Dapto. Well, the farm itself has an interesting history. It goes back to 1968 and uh, a group of people got together and decided to build a flower farm. It was called Flowerville. It's quite famous in the Dapto district. A lot of the old timers worked here and they come back and say, oh yeah, I used to plant, grow flowers there. Uh, I think it was the biggest flower farm in the Southern Hemisphere. Uh, wow. Maybe five hectares of concrete, underground water, underground power, um, huge big um, flower pile at the entrance. And upstairs there were six or seven secretaries working. <laughs> and um, But they had a bit of a disease went through after a flood and it never really worked. And then it has an interesting history after that. It was a, a market garden for a while where the Macedonian Society had a bit of a thing going here in the late 80s. And then um, a small community farm called Illawarra Environmental Enterprise was operating here in 2002 when I purchased the property. I had a 17 years of wholesale nursery operation at Winuna, and I relocated to here. And I had a bit of an interest already in organic farming, so I joined together with these um, 12 people, and we, a few of them were very passionate about it, and we decided to put the whole farm back under production. So uh, I bought a new tractor and some machinery, and we took quite a few years because a lot of the grass was like a metre high over all those beds out there yeah, and the wow. trees growing up through it. And uh, along the way, as we were growing food, we also had some other people who were interested in the environment. So we had uh, projects running on the creek, cut down all the exotic trees, planted a lot of uh, probably 2,000 trees on the, uh, on the creek beds. Uh, we had work for the dull projects going. And then a lot of refugees started to come along. 
So at the moment we have approximately 120 people in the community farm. We have a Wollongong Women's Centre come out once a week. Uh, last year we had a work for the Dole team here growing vegetables for a charity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, how does that work with a, with a work for the Dole program? Do you do you, does a government organisation sort of approach you and say, "Have you got some space for us to?" Exactly. Yeah, they, they were interested in training um, unemployed people, and it was a win-win. You know, not only would they get that training and learn about uh, getting up, coming to work every day. Uh, the vegetables were also produced and distributed through the, the Hope Food Barn at Warrawong. Yeah. So there's been lots of different projects over the years like that. Um, you know, just recently there's been, or the, probably the last two or three years, there's been a big increase in demand for organic, fresh and local vegetables. So particularly with young mothers, uh, with young children. Sure, yeah. So they've been approaching us and we, two years ago we opened up a Monday market day so uh, I think we have about 30, 40, 50 people come through every Monday. Then we have some other small businesses operating from the site. Uh, Avondale Organics, yep. Dave and Jenny and uh, Brendan, they do a box system. So they sell about 50 or 60 boxes a week. People on the, go on their Facebook site and uh, they just pack them all up and deliver them. Half, probably half, two-thirds of the produce is produced here, but then they'll buy a bit more exotic stuff like mangoes and bananas from the markets in Sydney. Yeah. And uh, I think there's four independent small businesses operating from the farm. One uh, operates in Sydney. He grows his produce, has his uh, sells his organic eggs yeah. in Sydney. Harry sells to the food co-ops around town. Uh, Mimi, she sells directly to restaurants, individuals, and also distributes uh, with food via Glen at the Kiama Farmers Market. And um, yeah, and sometimes we have people just walking off the street. But I guess most of the people in the community farm, they'll grow for their own needs. Yeah. Mm. So, so it's more of a com- commercial focus on the farm because it's such a, a large property. Yeah. We have all these facilities, you know, with the cool room, the washroom, underground p- power, and, and, and water. And so people can see that they can um, they can actually have a high production here and satisfy that need. It's it's interesting. It's not something that you see very often. Is a place like this, the, a sort of a co-op, or usually a community garden, it consists of generally just people growing food for themselves, or occasionally sort of bartering and swapping with the people yeah. around them and mm. stuff. Mm. But to have the facilities and the space to be able to have multiple small business enterprises running out of it, and for them to have for that to be viable for them, well. It's positive in a number of ways, but not 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 having to make the capital investment into 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 property in order to start that business is it, it opens a door that's not open exactly, for a lot of yeah. people, mm-hmm. which is um, yeah, it must be great. Do do you like what's it like with the demand for space that you've got here? Do you generally have all your beds sort of taken, or is there always room for other people? Probably to come depends in? on the seasons. You know, sometimes this time of year it might be a little bit cool. So it might be, most of the time we have a waiting list for the community farm. And on the commercial side of it, which I, I deal with that directly with the uh, the growers, we're pretty full over there as well. But things change, you know, people uh, get sick or, and also just talking about the benefits of the, of the farm, it's not just the production of the food, it's also the way it makes people feel good. You know, yeah. we, we have a lot of people come here, the reason they're attracted to the place is because they have cancer or they have depression. 
and so they come here and, and um, I had a, a Muslim lady who was doing some farming here and uh, I was really surprised one day she said I could really feel really trapped at home but I come here it just makes me feel good yeah. you know? yeah, so maybe she had an underlying depression or something you know and uh, sadly you know a lot of those people despite growing the food the organic food and coming out in all the fresh air they don't survive you know their illness um, is too bad and, and um, so we you know, we have a bit of a turnover there you know if people get too sick or, or yeah, they don't okay. survive and, and so young people come through and we, we traditionally we had a lot of older people here at finished work retirees but lately a lot of younger people have been coming out as well that's promising hmm what do you, do you would you attribute that to something like you say uh, like I think it's just a general awareness um, of, throughout the population of um, fresh food rather than relying on you know the supermarkets come out and grow your own the cooking shows you know people are we getting a bit more adventurous maybe they're not buying as much takeaway and prepackaged food they want mm. to prepare from scratch people um, are engaged people yeah. want to know want to know the origins of where their stuff comes from and want yeah. to know that it's not covered in all sorts of sprays and things mm-hmm. like that and I guess as as that culture develops, as there's more interest of it, it also increases the sort of the study of the the negative aspects of eating mass-produced food and, and stuff that's full of you know pesticides and whatever whatever it might be. So there's there's more information out there about the negatives of one side, and there's more information and more opportunity on the other side to eat organic and grow your own stuff and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. I guess another, like as you were saying, as you were saying, another benefit of the farm having the open space for people. But what I noticed while walking around is that it's such a eclectic community of people all sharing the same passion. And community is so important for for the soul, you know, for for anyone to have people around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes, it's a lot of um, a lot of people don't actually come here for the farming. They come here for the social reasons. You know, yeah. just to have a chat, have a talk, get out of the house. If they live in an apartment, or if, um, if they don't have... I had a great story. Um, Roy, 80 years old, migrated out from England because he had no relation, living relations left in England. He had a daughter over here. had been in Australia for 30 years. So he came out, and he'd been farming in England on an allotment system for 50 years. So it's just a joy to see him because he's smiling every day. Mm. And he had, you know, he had a miserable life back home, back in England, you know, and... He comes here probably six, seven days a week. Yeah, and yeah, it's 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 a place where people can sort of feel at home as well, and they've got something that's theirs that they can look after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Um, and so, do you want to, like a little bit more about how the public can access the farm and some of the stuff that comes out of it? Like, there are some of the growers here that supply co-ops and things like that that they can buy from. But do you want to tell us a bit more about the the market that happens on Mondays? One of the farmers uh, operates a s- small market on Mondays from about nine till noon. She buys all the, the individual farmers will supply her with uh, products. She'll put up a bit of a list of what she wants, and people will say, "Oh, I've got ten of this, five of that," and she selects what she's going to to have available that day. And then she supplements uh, the food from the farm from uh, the Sydney markets. Uh, we have Dennis goes up there once Sunday nights, and he'll pick up go around to the organic wholesalers there and pick up some bananas or mangoes or um, avocados. And um, the other thing we, we do is we sell our products via the Kaima Farmers Market mm-hmm. Wednesday afternoon. And Jenny and Dave, they sell their vegetables via Facebook, in, uh, Avondale Organics. And uh, so they do a delivery system. Uh, you'll go online and you'll put your order in, 
and they'll have the box ready for you or well, they can drop it off as well. Mm. And of course you have um, Flame Tree Food Co-op, Harry uh, supplies them, and uh, Green Box down in Gerringong. Mm. Fantastic. Um, and you've got you've got your own beds and stuff in there and you're certified organic and stuff as well. That's correct, yeah. Do you, Organic's one of those things. I've met I've met a, a few producers along the way now, and some of them, I mean, essentially they do have organic practices, but they choose not to get certified as they see it as a possibly a cost and a extra work and and things like that. How what's the process like for you? Like in terms of being certified and staying certified and keeping everything above board, is it a lot of extra work? Is it is it is it hard it is, to continue? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It's, uh, there's a lot of record, record keeping because the certifying bodies they want to see a paper trail so we have to keep a thorough system of um, crop rotation uh, inputs and outputs um, and that's also comforting I guess for our customers the, you know the retailers in Sydney and the organic wholesalers um, to know that we're certified and they can they can sell our products uh, knowing that uh, it is definitely uh, organic yeah. Yeah. So on a yearly basis, it probably costs you close to a thousand dollars, and then probably that much again when you add in all the cost of um, preparing for that day, getting all your records together. So is it once a year they come down to do an they inspection do. and all that sort yeah. of thing? Yeah. yeah okay. They'll go right through us. It'll takes about three hours to look at our records, inspect our composting, inspect our beds, look at the crop rotation, check out what we've been applying to the beds. Uh, yeah. Cool. Um, when it comes to food culture in the Illawarra in general, you're you're pretty much like you can say that you're almost at the epicenter of some of the beginnings of food culture because from a place like Mountain Range Farm, there's so many different enterprises that all you know serve different aspects of the industry. Whether it's Mimi providing chefs some stuff, um, you know, relationships with other growers up in Sydney box systems and direct engagement with the public at the markets and things like that. Have you noticed like food culture change in the Illawarra since you've had Mountain Range Farm? Oh, definitely. When we first started here, it was hard to get growers. Um, and I've noticed that maybe it's got something to do with all those cooking shows. People are becoming more aware of food, fresh food, organic food. And uh, it's not. It's also the food miles. People seem to prefer to spend the money locally and to know that it's come from the Illawarra rather than trucked from Western Australia or Queensland. Um, food co-ops seem to be more popular. Restaurants, I guess, they like to support local producers. I think you know, particularly with that that hatted system, they get credit points if they're buying the food from within a certain radius. Mm-hmm. I believe that's how it works. You'd know more about that than me. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the culture is definitely changing. Mm. Um, I don't know. I don't know where this is going to lead, but basically, the, so the flower, the flower farm that started here—that's why all this infrastructure is here. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, because yeah. it's amazing. You don't. You, you never see anything like this with these concrete beds yeah. and. All the all the water is in place and mm-hmm. all all that sort of stuff's already in place and you couldn't yeah. build it today you you couldn't you wouldn't have enough money to build it yeah. that's that's yeah. what I was thinking when we were walking around out there I was like someone spent a lot of money putting these putting these concrete beds in yeah yeah 
Yeah. And another thing too is um, when you're growing things, you need water. So we have Mullet Creek right beside us here, and I have a, a, a license to pump out of there. So mm. and it's been dry, nearly dry, a couple of times, and we've had to move the pump from, to different holes to uh, during the drought years. But that's a can be a disadvantage when, when it rains a lot because of course the, the creek overflows and floods our, our vegetables and yeah. creates a real mess. So as it did in February. Yeah. Yeah. Or March or March. Yeah. Yeah. Um I guess one thing that I see as well I sort of got you know, talk to talk to chefs and talk to producers and stuff as a part of what I do, but I'm pretty aware of what consumers want in a sense also and a place like this there's sort of endless opportunity for different sorts of collaborations or different types of production or growing different things or things like far, like little farm gate markets and all that sort of thing is there anything else that you sort of would like to add to to the list of what mountain range does or any opportunities that that you've thought of that you'd can, like to continue to sort of pursue well, people often say to me, "Well, you've got 13 acres right on the edge of Dapto. What's that going to be worth in, in years to come?" And I think <laughs> it'd be a shame if, if I, when I retired or whatever, if someone came in here and pulled the place apart. I'd like to see this property be here forever because it serves such an important role in Illawarra. Mm. And I, I'd just like to see maybe um, different groups would use the property such as say disabled groups so if we had more groups coming in um, to experience uh, the benefits of farming and you know getting their hands dirty and, and at the moment we have these hundred members who are never here at one time you know there, there might only be 10 or 15 growers here on any one day but it's 13 acres we have uh, great access we're right on the edge of town uh, I'd like to see more farm tourism to educate um, you know the general population from maybe Sydney or inner city Wollongong. At the moment, we are doing bus tours. You know, we, we sometimes we put on a wood-fired pizza or a barbecue or, or just a cup of tea. So maybe something a bit more formal as far as um, people coming and visiting the farm. And um, of course, it's got to be um, we have to charge for that. You know, to help to cover the cost of, of all these watering systems you know the, the shed needs a new roof you know the cool room needs to be the pumps need to be repaired you know every couple of years mm. so yeah I'd like to that's one thing I'd like to see um, maybe um, maybe a little bit more education about the organic growing side of it okay yeah so maybe more workshops so we can have demonstrations of how to compost uh, you know how to make a worm farm, so we could use it as more of an education or centre for people who want to do this on a small scale in the backyard, mm. or if they want to set up a little community farm in Lake Heights or East Coromel or Primby or somewhere. Mm. Yeah, that's um, that's that's something I think now that's becoming more and more popular due to social media. If 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 an enterprise, a business, whether it's a person or, or whatever it might be has a skill and have you know doesn't have to be a huge group of followers online it's easy to get the message out that you can say well we hold a workshop once a month that teaches you anything whether it's growing or how to have a chicken coop how to you know whatever it might be 
it's it's yeah there's definitely an opportunity there and it's it's a good way for it's a good way to get a lot of people engaged that's a really good idea mm-hmm. do you ever get um like schools and stuff come in uh, we had a bit of an association with another group and they were doing uh, educational presentations here with people who parents who homeschool their children so they were bringing them onto the farm and talking about uh, what was science really and the science of growing plants and how plants operate and uh, so it was related to the syllabus um, but we do have a few um, not schools but disabled groups come in you know green acres or uh, flagstaff might bring various people in to, uh, to do a bit of vegetable farming yeah because um, I think that, that that's one thing I'd one thing that, well, from a few teacher friends that I've seen, is that they're trying to show kids how to grow stuff or show show kids where food comes from in schools. Mm-hmm. Like schools often have their own veggie gardens yeah, and, that's right. and, and things like that. Um, I know a, a chef in Canberra who buys all her herbs from a school in Canberra. Wow. And they've got a polytunnel there and they grow all micro herbs for her and she gets them all off them. and. It's a good little cycle there because they not only learn about how to grow these herbs, they also learn about the economics of selling them oh, running a at, business, the, yeah. at the same time, yeah. which is interesting. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it, it just with the with the infrastructure that you've got in place, like you've got a nice bed, could have a school come down and mm-hmm. you know set up something similar. So yeah, there's heaps of opportunities for what you've got here down at Mountain Range. It's awesome. Yeah, I, had, I did have a, a plan for the farm a few years back, but I haven't implemented it yet. I want to put a um, I started growing a bit of coffee. Yeah, I, I, I noticed that. Yeah. yeah, and I thought it'd be fantastic to to grow the coffee, to roast it here, and to have a coffee shop. Yeah, yeah, but it hasn't got off the ground that one. How um how does the coffee go? Like, is it how's the climate and stuff for coffee here? Uh, it's a little bit cool, but uh, there are varieties apparently that are cold hardy, and you know, I've got one tree out there which is a little bit neglected, and uh, <laughs> it, it fruits a little bit. Uh, yeah. Did you ever? Did you ever get a cup of coffee out of your your coffee? No, I never went that far. No. <laughs> oh, it's an interesting little like little experiment, little folly. But um, that's that's one interesting thing that I um, have thought about is that you don't really see many Australian coffee producers at all. There are a couple, but mm-hmm. there's not much. I don't know. I think we've got a way to go before we catch up to Colombia mm-hmm. and you know Ethiopia and things like that when exactly. it comes to actually growing coffee. There's one thing I would like to see here, maybe a bit of value adding. Yep. Yeah, you know, if we had surplus production, maybe if we had some tomatoes, we might better make some, um, I don't know, some, uh, what do you call it? Um, Chutney. Yeah, chutneys. Relish and stuff. Yeah, relish, yeah. I was considering doing something with my garlic because I'm trying to specialise in that. I was looking at maybe um, um, making garlic salt or something like that. You know, yep. but, yeah. You get, I've seen a few people do things with garlic. There's, there's another... Another mob who smoke their garlic, That's and they right. sell it garlic salt, smoked garlic salt, yeah. and black garlic, and yeah, yeah. Like I think that that's um, once again with like more and more these days because of the internet, because of social media and things like that. Um, farms are allowed to like farms are able to directly engage with their customer and sell mm-hmm. things at a retail level, which means that the opportunity to value add is is there, mm-hmm. and we're still sort of I think at the at the roots of it and people are figuring out how to do it but i mean if you like there's places for example like um glen burnie orchard who have a very good you know system of value adding to what they do they don't just sell apples but now they've got darks forest cider and they've got mm. you know they've, they've got their shop which is 
you know got its opening hours and it's a part of the farm and and you can go there and it's a it's a good way f- for people to sort of you know make a little bit of cream on top of their main their main mm-hmm. business and that sort of thing so yeah yeah that would be interesting um yeah i guess it's just like a it, it it's sort of an evolution you know as as we as as people keep learning about the opportunities people you know developing relationships with their customers and stuff yeah cool it's interesting um what we might do is we'll just we'll just name the all the different facets of mountain range so do you want to do you want to just go down the list and start talking about some of the so like to start with we've got dapto community farm yeah well we have the, the mountain range nursery the mountain range nursery yeah, of which course. of course is you know plants and seeds yeah and then we have um my own business, which I, I partner with Dennis Bagnall, you know, we sell our products into Sydney. What's it? Is, is, you've got a name that well? Well, we trade under the Mountain Range Nursery. Mountain Range yeah, Nursery, yeah. okay. And uh, that's the certified um, entity. And then uh, Colin uh, has his business, um, Colin Gray. Um, he sells certified eggs and vegetables mm-hmm. uh, throughout Sydney. And then we have um, Harry, he sells his product mainly to. Flame Tree Food Co-op, mm-hmm. and also a bit to the um, Kaima Markets Fire, and that's another outlet for us. Yep. Yeah. And then we have um, uh, Rod, I'm not quite sure where he's selling his products, but he has um, a little bit to Flame Tree, a little bit for himself. Uh, and then we have Jenny and her son Dave, they run Avondale Organics, they do a box system as well as selling to restaurants, Yeah. and uh, they do most of that via Facebook. Um, and Mimi. Then Mimi is a part of the community farm, but she has a huge production. She's working six days a week, ten hours a day, her and her husband. She distributes through the Kaima Farmers Market, and Glenn Brooks runs, uh, uh, does the stand and runs operates the market. And Mimi sells directly to a lot of individuals will come in and also to some restaurants. Yeah, and... Um, and of course, you have the individual Dapto community farmers. Some of them will, I think, uh, Felice he sells to Dapto uh, to Dapto um, yeah, Lease Club. And some yeah. of the other farmers will have a relationship with individuals, or they'll sell. Um, sometimes I'll sell some of their product via the food co-ops in Sydney. And I forgot to mention that uh, Dennis and I we sell to uh, a big food co-op in Sydney as well as a big uh, retail um, health food shop in Sydney. Yeah, nice. Cool. So there's, who knows? Who knows where, where where the produce from this one from this one? What is it? Seventeen acres? Did you say? Uh, Thirteen acres. Thirteen yeah. acres yeah. is going to end up, but yeah. yeah, it's it's great that you've got such a community of people that are so passionate about mm. it and spreading it in all sorts of different ways. It's mm. awesome. Yeah, and um, just occasionally we sell some food out of the the nursery. One of the restaurants uh, put in a, the last couple of years have bought some bunion nuts from us. Oh, really? Yeah. So we grow um, we grow our, all the different areas and yeah. the, the bunions. So instead of planting some of the seeds, sometimes we sell it for um, yeah to the restaurants. It's they sought after now. Yeah. yeah, the old bunion nut. There's mm. a there's a restaurant in Melbourne which is probably considered one of Australia's best, or is considered Australia's best. That one of their signature dishes was like this red kangaroo and bunya mm. um, dish. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who'd you sell the bunion nut to? Cabo. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, the funny thing is, the first time I ever tasted the bunion nut was in New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> had a big tree growing up in Auckland there. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, 
Any final thoughts? Anything else that you wanted to talk about? Mm, well, I just I welcome anyone who wants to get involved with the farm mm-hmm. in any way. You know, if they want to come out and farm, if they want to buy, or if they want to offer um, even any advice about the future and, or any networking they'd like to do. Mm. Um, yeah, so there's opportunity for the public to get involved in whatever way they want, really. Like, mm. they can come to a market and buy some of the produce. They can, I mean, they can just come for a look around, can't they? And just, exactly, you know, yeah. Just, yeah. Just, just, just check it out, have a chat to yourself, yeah. have a chat to some of the growers that are yeah. here. And if they want to, you know, if they want to have a, have a row to themselves and start growing. Like, I mean, there's, I think there's people that might have moved up from somewhere in the country where they had a big veggie patch that now live in an apartment in Wollongong. And... They miss their they miss their veggie garden. So yeah. if you miss your veggie garden, you know you, you can get one. Or if they're just new to town, they want to make friends. It's a good place to socialise. You can come out. You can you can pay sort of less than five dollars a week, even probably three dollars a week, and you know you can have a small plot. You don't have to have that fifty metre long bed. You can have a five metre long bed. Yeah, and you can come out and spend most of your day talking. Yeah, <laughs> just chat to people, and you yeah. might get some broccoli by the end of it. And yeah, happy days. Yeah. All right, Lance, we'll leave it there. Thanks for talking to me. Thank you. Thanks for everything. Thanks so much for joining me for another Quicksand Food podcast, this one with Lance Carr from Mountain Range Farm in Dapto. I hope that you enjoyed our conversation. If you want to find out more about Mountain Range, you can rent a plot out there and grow your own vegetables. You can also get in touch with Dapto Community Farm, Lance, or any of the other people involved in Mountain Range Farm. You can check out their website, mountainrange.com.au. If you want to find out more about us, you can visit our website, quicksandfood.com, or you can find us at Quicksand Food on Facebook and on Instagram. Please get out there and support the Illawarra Cookbook. It's independent independently published and a local collaboration. It's available at all good Illawarra retailers. There's a list of them up on our website and it's also available online. Thank you for joining me for another Quicksand Food Podcast. My name's Steph Postuma and we'll catch you again with the next episode. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.